0: What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. Alright, what's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, November 2nd. We have just passed Halloween and the NFL trade deadline. We've had a couple of trades happen... You know some games to recap from Week Eight, and of course the Phillies are playing in the World Series. It's not going great for them tonight, but Phillies are still going to pull this out. Rich, how you feeling? You're you looking pretty down right now about this. For today, yeah, but I still have faith in the series. Yeah, Rich is disappointed. He wanted to go to the uh, potential game clincher tomorrow, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen unless the Phillies pull off a miraculous turnaround here, down five nothing. What is it? The 7th? 6th? 6th inning. Alright, that being said, doubt very many people are tuning in and listening to us talk about the Phillies in the World Series. Let's get into some NFL news. So, like I said, the NFL trade deadline has just passed. couple names of note have moved that we haven't talked about. Last time, obviously, CMC has already been moved. We've already talked about that. James Robinson got traded. Some of the players that got moved this week, Chase Claypool got sent over to the Chicago Bears. So he's going to operate as the number two wide receiver, possibly the number one wide receiver there at Chicago. What do you think, Rich? I think it's stocks out for Claypool. Should be beneficial for Fields, too, getting another weapon.
1: Um, he's been looking a little bit better himself lately. Add another another wide receiver like Claypool into the mix and, you know, should help round out the offense.
0: What are we looking at as far as the, Are we starting either of the wide receivers there, Claypool or Mooney? Is, like... You know, Claypool seemed like he was borderline startable on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are we still feeling that way now that he's with the Bears? They're not throwing many pass attempts. And
1: I, I don't know if you can start him yet. I think you wait to see what the, what he's going to look like in his role. I just, I, I don't know. If, if you're in desperation play and you have to have
0: somebody, maybe you could fire him up. But, like, I don't know. You don't feel good about it.
1: Yeah.
0: And were you starting Darnell Mooney at this point still in the season? Or... I mean, he um, hasn't had a particularly effective game. Uh, you know, particularly effective season. He had 12 points last game. Might have been one of his highest scoring games so far this season. Uh, no, uh, not comfortably. All right, so we're not starting Mooney or Claypool at the moment. We're Waiting to see maybe, maybe just overall having Claypool there and improves the Bears' scoring offense. So maybe a little bit more for Justin Fields and the running backs, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. You know, a little more moving down the field, a little more you know scoring positions. But, yeah, I'm nervous. Uh, Darnell Mooney was already, you know, he was a low, like, low end flex play. Like, you know, uh, I had two other guys on a bye and another dude on IR sort of flex play kind of thing. Chase Claypool, again, I was, as far as the three wide receivers in in Pittsburgh were concerned, Claypool was the lowest of the three for me. I was starting Deontay Johnson and George Pickens over Claypool, and now he goes to the Bears, so. We're not starting either of them. Again, might be a little bit boost to Justin Fields and David Montgomery. David Montgomery had a down week last week as the Bears played the Cowboys, and you know, Gainscript kind of got away from them. Kula Herberts looked you know, just like a more effective player there for the Bears, kind of the way you know Tony Pollard looked like an effective player for the Cowboys. But despite that, the Cowboys are still going to roll with Zeke when he comes back. Jerry Jones squashed all of that, even though Tony Pollard this past week looked amazing in his you know, starting role. Thirty-three point seven fantasy points. He had what was it fourteen carries for like a hundred and forty yards or something in the game. Fifteen yeah, carries for one hundred forty-three yards. So they just refuse. It's it's a Jerry Jones thing. He just he refuses to move on from somebody that he invested in. Yeah. Has backed through several. It seems like it's to the detriment of the team too. I mean, yep. Pollard's explosive man. He just doesn't look like he has that, that yeah. in him right now. Yeah, and it's just a shame. CeeDee Lamb's looking like the CeeDee Lamb we thought he would look like at the beginning of the season, a little under 19 fantasy points here. Other than that, no real, not really anything of notes. Dalton Schultz is a usable tight end now that Dak Prescott's back on the center and he's playing 13.5 fantasy points this past week. And, of course, you can play Dak Prescott, especially if you've had someone like Russell Wilson or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, guys like that are disappointing. You can roll Dak out there instead. Other than that, not much, more to, not much more to report on the Bears-Cowboys game. Uh, another trade that happened, T.J. Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. Confusing, right? Yeah. Division rival, midseason trade. You're helping them get better this year. And I understand that, like, you'd have to get a deal done with T.J. Hawkinson at the moment, but isn't, like... You know, aren't you going to be drafting a rookie quarterback? Essentially, isn't that kind of what everyone imagines as the plan? And you've got a rookie wide receiver on the payroll, and you've still got DeAndre Swift on his rookie contract. And it just seems like you had a lot of, you know, guys who didn't necessarily need to be paid right now that you could have found room to pay TJ Hawkinson and let those guys kind of, you know, develop and go for. I just don't know what they, you know, want to spend the money on that they're going to allow the Vikings to get them, I And it's just another one of those things where you're adding to the Vikings who already have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne's a decent wide receiver three, and then you got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in the backfield, and now you just give T.J. Hawkinson for a defense to have to plan again. Like, you just made him a better team in season and I just it's weird, you know, these two teams swap trades, you know, during the draft as well. So, it's weird for two in-division rivals to be trading as frequently as they are. So, for, for sure what I was
1: confused about too. They drafted them inside the top 10 a couple of years ago, and they're just they're done with them now.
0: Trade them away for a yep. second and then was it even a was it even a second or is this one of those things where they uh, they essentially pick swap? I think they did later it's round like picks. A, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on the terms. I think if I'm not crazy, they got a second this year and a third next year and then essentially gave up a third this year and a fourth next year. So they just kind of moved up two spots in the draft, kept the same yeah. – each team still has the same amount of picks. The lines just moved up two around in each you – know, Yeah, I've just – <laughs> I don't understand it. It doesn't seem great as far as fantasy purposes go. What are we looking at for T.J. Hawkinson going from the I mean, Lions to the Vikings?
1: I think you have to give it a week or two for him to get familiar with the system, and the playbook, and the terminology. And then from there, it's I think it's an upgrade. You're going to a better offense, um, a better quarterback. Um, he's not really the number one focus anymore. A lot of times, like I'm on Ross St. Brown was the number one wide receiver, and but T.J. Hawkinson was. I'm on time to say Brown missed some time, you know, and Hawkinson was getting a lot of uh, a lot of double coverage and stuff like that. I was going to say. And he was being used to block a ton, too. So, like, now he's going to go to an offense where he's probably going to be used more as a passing threat. I, I think it's good for
0: him. He, I don't know how much of an increase in volume he's going to see. I think he might see a decrease in volume because you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Adam Thielen, you've got Dalvin Cook. It's just, you know, like, where does he actually fall on the pecking order on this team versus, like, where you said on last team There's games where he was the number one option because I'm on Ross. St. Brown is out. And then you're looking at, you know, Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. DJ Chark hasn't been healthy. I think he's on IR at the moment. And, you know, Jamison Williams, obviously, still in IR. They said he's probably a month away still. So we don't even know if we're going to see Jamison Williams this year. So just they, they went and <laughs> got him. That's why they went and got him for a reason.
1: I um, think they needed to, they know they needed to I don't upgrade know. their pass catchers. Irv Smith banged up.
0: Yeah, he's going to be out eight been, to
1: ten weeks. The one's been a little bit banged up, and it's like, all right, cool, let's go
0: get TJ Hawkinson. And I think they're going to use him, especially in the red zone. I don't doubt that they're going to use him. I just don't know that he's going to become, like, a focal point versus, like, we just needed to upgrade what Earth Smith's the you know earth smith's position and not necessarily the role where he's still only going to get five targets a game but now instead of earth smith catching two of them for you know 27 yards tj hawkinson should be catching four of the five for you know 60 something yards it's just kind of what i was
1: looking at and they've been running the ball a ton in the red zone and i think he helps with that they haven't been scoring really a ton of touchdowns in the red zone the vikings passing touchdowns the vikings and now they get a guy who could be a red zone threat. I just think they, I don't know, they're gonna. I tend to think they're gonna use him. Okay.
0: And I'm just nervous about the vine. I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of a lateral move. I don't know that it necessarily increases his vine. I think it just might give him more consistency, less less of a lower floor, and you know maybe raise that a little bit. But I don't know that it drastically. I think we get like the T.J. Hawkinson we might have imagined at the beginning of the season, where he's averaging around 12 to 14 points a week, and you know he's not Travis Kelsey or. You know, Mark Andrews, but he's still a serviceable tight end that's better than the guys that, you know, are dependent on a touchdown to get you 12 points. So that being said, how do we feel then? Does this change anything for any of the Lions players? You know, we have Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift, not 100%, apparently. That's why he only played the limited amount of snaps he did and was more involved in the passing game. Caught a passing touchdown to salvage the day with 14.3 points but only had five rushing attempts. You know, Dan Campbell came out basically and said it was great that he was out there, but he's not back and that, you know, maybe we gave him one too many touches or carries. He only had five carries, so I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah, it's it's weird. He seems to – he was off the injury report at one point last week and practiced in full, I believe, for like two days straight, and then apparently he's not 100% and he's not back. So that's a little confusing, a little contradictory there, but I imagine – if that's the case, they're going to use him in more of a passing game role. And with TJ Hawkinson gone, does this maybe increase the passing volume for DeAndre Swift? Or are we just nervous about the overall health and problems that are, you know staying on the field and healthy as he's had over the past couple I mean, of years? You're definitely concerned about the health. But if he's out in the field, you have to think that they're going to—he's going
1: to see some more, some more targets. Like the whole—all the pass catchers in general. I mean, I don't know who's going to fill in at tight end. Who, who's the next guy up? I'm not sure. Brock Wright, I believe,
0: is his name. I picked yeah, him T.J. up Picked Robinson. him up in the
1: Dynasty League. But, like, I'm in a tight spot because I had Irv Smith, who's out. And yeah. Just, you know. I'm on Ross St. Brown. If he's out there, should be more targets for him, more targets for Swift. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody at this point. When Jamison Williams comes back. Josh Reynolds you know, is currently out there as the wide
0: receiver, too. Jamison Williams will be back at some point. <laughs> Yeah, so the Lions are coming off another loss to the Dolphins. That's probably also why they were motivated to move them. They realize that, you know, this is a team that we thought maybe could surprise at the beginning of the year, but they've got one win. They're the only other one team uh, one win team in the league besides the Houston Texans.
1: Man, hard knocks that everybody fooled. Yeah, who
0: had a tie as well, so they're actually would still be ahead of them. So they're gunning for like a first overall pick. So they decided to get rid of you know, sell off TJ Hawkinson, figure tight ends probably a replaceable position. The Dolphins on the other hand, you know, it's good to have Tua back in the lineup. Tyreek Hill, thirty one and a half points. Jalen Waddle, thirty and a half points. Jalen Waddle still doing with a shoulder injury. Keep an eye on that. Tua Tagovailoa, with twenty nine points. So those are the three players are starting. Mike Gesicki is a hit or miss at tight end. He has had a couple of good games this week uh, this year. He's, you know, so, well, these guys where if you have him at a tight end, you just kind of leave him out there every week. And, you know, you accept the fact that some weeks he's going to give you six points and other weeks he will give you 12, wolf. 14, yeah. you know, so. I'm starting Moster. You're starting Moster? Matchup base. Didn't that's... they just acquire Jeff Wilson in this trade? Yeah, it'll be to backup. He's not Moster, still a starter. Yeah. And Chase Edmonds was traded away from the Dolphins in the trade that acquired Bradley Chubb as well. That's a little thing. Yeah, that... that's why Moster's a starter. Okay, so it's Mostert and Jeff Wilson in the backfield for the Dolphins now. Denver's backfield is.
1: <laughs> Good luck with that one, man.
0: Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Denver's got what going on in their backfield now? They've got Latavius Murray, right? And then Mike Chase. Boone's on IR. they got Chase Edmonds. They have Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, right? I forgot about him. He's supposed to be the starter there. That's interesting. Completely forgot about that, and then so the Broncos. It seems like, yeah, you know, again, it's just a good enough to take touches away from Javante Williams, not good enough to outplay Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, Mike Boone. It's I I don't know what's going confusing. on with that offense. Very confusing. So speaking of the Broncos offense, what are we doing with the wide receivers now? Cortland Sutton has fallen off. He's had bad past three weeks where he's been, you know, outscored by Jerry Judy, who's had, you know, two decent weeks and one, you know, one. the first week essentially was, you know, kind of bad for both of them, and then Judy's just been a solid flex play. Last week he had 18.3 points, so, you know, more of a top 15 wide receiver there, but Cortland Sutton now is only, he had like five, what was it, 5.3 points last week and then 2.3 points this past week, so. um, What year is it? I feel like nothing's changed for the
1: Broncos. It's the same thing every year. If only they had a quarterback. Like, these guys would be ready to go. Like, these fantasy wide receivers. like, And it's just like, man,
0: nothing's changed. No. Yeah. Russell Wilson just – he literally just looks like he doesn't have it mentally. Like, he's making mental mistakes. He's not progressing through his reads. He's not seeing open wide receivers. Just don't get it. And I mean, this – I'm – if I, was Corlin, if I was a Corlin Sutton owner, though, I'd be concerned because it seemed like this last game, it was kind of like, I don't know, like, K, it was a lot of Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler seeing a lot of work. And maybe it had to do with, you know, the cornerback matchup over there, but... yeah, I mean, I'm putting him on the bench. I have him in uh, two leagues, and he will be on the bench in
1: two leagues. And I'm going to miss the blow-up game. But it is what it is. You gotta wait I can't, to see it again. Before I can't you... keep running him out there and getting three, four, five points. Like he's on my bench for the past two weeks,
0: I think, and he'll stay there that way. So what are we doing then with Jerry Judy? Is he a flex play at this point, or is he, you know, you know? I mean, it's probably Maybe. a nervous flex play yeah. at that point. It's not someone you're you're rolling out there
1: confidently.
0: I and mean, you got a couple teams on the
1: bye. Yeah, if you don't have any other options, what, what else are you gonna do at that point? Like, gotta
0: play him. So, it's it's disappointing. It's ner- at the beginning of the season, it started to seem like it was going one way with Cortland Sutton, and now it seems That's like they're the shifting way. to Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Maybe it's working a little better because I don't. Maybe they won. Just as they well, yeah, as they well, they won. But I was gonna say maybe just. As far as the scramble drill goes that uh, Russell Wilson likes to do, he likes to run on the move. he likes to or he likes to throw on the move and th- like you know scramble about as he's doing and just KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy are faster guys, more likely to you know get open, get separation quickly in situations like that in a scramble drill and Cortland Sutton's a riskier throw because he doesn't get as much separation. He's more of a bigger bodied guy that kind of 50/50s. People, so maybe that has something to do with it. I'm not sure. I have to take a closer look at the film, but it's just concerning. I guess, yeah, at this point, you're starting Judy nervously. Corlin Sutton's on your bench. Melvin Gordon is an even more nervous start than Jerry Judy. I I hope you could find somebody. No, (laughs) I I, I don't want to. (laughs) I'm not. So, in one of my. Jackson or somebody. (laughs) So, here's my. I have to consider in a league, am I starting Gus Edwards or Melvin Gordon? Um. I had Javante Williams and Brees Hall. So yes. that's what went wrong as far as my running that's back tough, situation man. goes. That's tough. Uh, is Gus Edwards healthy? Is he back? Like He's day to day with a hamstring. If he plays, I'm starting Gus Edwards. Okay. I, that's what I was doing as well. So, yeah, that's, uh, like I said, Melvin Gordon, a very nervous start. Latavius Murray, same thing. And then what about Greg Dulcich? Three, you know, double-digit fantasy point games in a row. I know it's hard to trust a rookie tight end, but... He's coming along. I think he's a sneaky play, man, week to week. Yeah, Picked him up as a streamer. I, I'd just keep rolling with him, I guess, essentially, unless you have a, you know, a dead set better option. Right. And Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, and then just kind of ride it Goddard, until the wheels maybe, fall off. You know, God, play Goddard over Dulcich. Goddard, Friar Muth. Muth. Yeah, there's like a solid like seven or eight
1: dudes. Yeah. Other than that, I'm rolling with Dolcic at that point. Is that how you say it? Dolcic? Dolcic?
0: Dolcic. Dolcic. Yeah. On the flip side of that, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who played the Broncos this past week, they uh, traded for Calvin Ridley, gave up a second-round pick, I believe, next year in this there's upcoming a, there's draft. There's a and ton
1: a con- of like conditions on it, depending on what happens. Like I, We'd have to pull it up for me to hit it all, but like basically, like it's a fifth, unless this happens. Then it's a fourth. And then if this happens...
0: It's a third, and then if he signs a long-term deal, it's a second. Okay, and then they also gave up a conditional later round pick as well, right? So there's two picks. There's like a fifth-round conditional pick. Does does that have as many conditions on that, or I don't or? know? I don't okay. know. It's crazy. It's just
1: like yeah, it could be there was like three or four different conditions on what the pick would actually be, depending on
0: how it played out. Alrighty. So. I think that covers everything as far as the trades go. So, with that being said, let's just move on into, you know, kind of what we did last week where we're going to look back at, you know, Week 8 as we look forward to Week 9 and just kind of roll with that. So, starting off with a Thursday night game. Ravens versus Buccaneers. The Ravens are just banged up, man. Like, I, I... It's both teams. Yeah, well... Are the Bucks banged up, though? I mean, they're missing their offensive, offensive linemen, but we knew that at the start of the season. Like, we knew that. We knew they were down three starters from last year, and they had a couple of rookies and guys moving in, and then they lost, like, two guys in the preseason or early on. It's so, like, it, it's known, and it was just, like, something where I don't f- – I feel like they just told themselves it wasn't an issue, and everything was going to be fine, and it's clearly not fine. But, like th- – there's nobody... They're, they're not coming back. You know what I mean? Like, am I crazy? Is there some... Off, there, you know, because it's what? It was a... It was what? Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen were two of their starters from last year. They went to other teams, if I'm not mistaken, or... Oh, retired. One retired, one left, and then they had a third starting offensive lineman from last year that also yeah. left... And then you know, I think their first like backup at center, the first guy that they were going to have take over at center, got hurt early on. But like I just I, th- like those three guys that left the team aren't coming back this year, and there's no more offensive reinforcements coming. Like Chris Godwin is back, Mike Evans is out there. You know, w- are we really hoping that Julio Jones and Russell Gage stay fully healthy for the rest of the season? That's going to turn the offense around at this point. Like you know, Can Julio let-
1: Jones play guard?
0: Huh? Can Julio Jones play guard? I don't think he's That's got what the they need for. Help. I like, mean,
1: they, they can get all the pass catchers back if they want right now. They, you can have all the weapons in the world. It doesn't matter if your offensive line you can't block.
0: So, yeah. So, like, there's no reinforcements really coming for them. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, they still produced last week, just at a much smaller scale than we were typically expecting. You know, Mike Evans leads the way with just over 18 points, Chris Godwin only 13.5. We were hoping that it would be closer to, like, 20 and 17 points from the two of them on a per-game basis. Touchdowns just aren't there. No. Tom Brady, a little over 17 fantasy points. I mean, it's risky business starting Tom Brady in fantasy this year. It's it's risky business starting a lot of quarterbacks in fantasy this year. Yeah. It's very strange this year. Leonard Fournette, just under 15 fantasy points in this game. So, I mean, you're still starting him. But, again, the stealing that we were hoping for is just not there. So... And on the Ravens' side, uh, Rashad Bateman is going to be out for, what was it, eight to ten weeks, I think, something that like that, six to eight weeks. Wow. Some, so he's going to be out for a while. So he's most likely going to be out for the rest of the fantasy season. Devin Duvernay is going to be operating essentially as the wide receiver one there. Stocks up for Duvernay. Demarcus Robinson seemed like he was the wide receiver two this past week. We'll see if that continues. They always, I don't I don't. It's hard to trust the number 1 pass catcher for the Ravens. I don't know if I'm trusting the second, you know, pass catcher or the second wide receiver, I should say. Nah. But what's up with Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews is banged up. He had a, so he had a knee injury going into the week. Coming out of the game, he left the game early with a shoulder and ankle injury. So two separate injuries that are apparently not serious. But now he's dealing with essentially three injuries you know, I don't know if they're still listening to the knee or if they're just listening to the shoulder and ankle at this point, but essentially three injuries in the past week that he's dealing with, and he hasn't finished two, the past two games. So, Yikes. Isaiah Likely stepped in as the tight end in his absence, but, again, if if Mark Andrews plays, you can't start Isaiah Likely. So, Isaiah Likely, it, it's hard to stash him because now you have to have a second tight end on your roster on redraft, and in Dynasty already, should already be rostered, so... It, it's tough there it's it, devin duvernay looks like he's going to be the pass catcher like you said stock ups for him i don't know that they're really going to involve the running backs they never really seem to and it's it, i'm nervous starting like you said i i have to start gus edwards out of necessity but i'm not thrilled about it especially because he's day he to day in the end zone,
1: man. and yeah and, it's, and then and it's a good bet
0: like that's the reason you
1: play baltimore running backs cuz they want to run the ball so much and you're just like it could be the game they a lot of times they're just going to get in the end zone you might yeah. not have a ton of yards but so Scored two touchdowns his first game you know, back. 50 yards and a touchdown or two, and you're just like, all right, cool, we'll take it, especially with what's going on at RB this year. It's been tough. Yeah.
0: All right, so next game we're going to be looking at, uh, we forgot to talk about this as far as the Steelers go, but uh, the Eagles played the Steelers 35-13. Like we said, Chase Claypool got traded away earlier. That was a beatdown. Yeah. The Eagles, yeah, 35-13, and it wasn't that close. No, that was a beatdown, man. So this was, and this was one of those games where everyone's like, "Oh, this is could be a trap game for the Eagles." You know, they're coming out of the bye, you know, playing the Steelers who are struggling and have all this going on, and you know, maybe just maybe they, you know, they let this one slip because they've got a short week and they might be looking forward to the Texans as well on their bye week to try to plan for it. No, they just great teams
1: make make good use of the bye week. They spent that time working on the deep passing game. All the haters
0: were saying they couldn't throw deep. Jalen Hurts. Four deep passing touchdowns, three of them to AJ Brown, one to uh Pascal. Pascal. I couldn't remember his first name. Zach. Zach, there we go. Oh, I was gonna say John for a second. It's not but I was like John it's definitely Paschal. not John. <laughs> uh Zach Pascal. Yep, he caught a deep he caught the fourth deep one, I believe, after AJ Brown. And AJ Brown could have potentially had another one. Yeah, he got caught. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, they were air raiding on him. Devontae Smith, you know, obviously then was a little absent because he had the three big plays to A.J. Brown, Only, you know, only uh, 7.5 fantasy points out of him. Miles Sanders, just under 14 fantasy points, so you're still getting good use out of Miles Sanders. And Dallas Goddard, 12.5 fantasy points. So, again, Mr. Steady, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, You're pretty much, you know, there's the disappointing from Devontae Smith, but that was after, you know, two solid performances. You could have some games like this. He's just... uh, A.J. Brown is a top 15 wide receiver. Devontae Smith is more of a flex play. That being said, if you have one of these Eagles, the Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, you're starting them. Any disagreements on any of that? No. And then on the flip side, with Chase Claypool gone, there should be an increase for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I don't imagine, I don't even know who their third wide receiver is on the team now. um, Because. who is the guy they drafted? They got in the draft this short speed. Is it Kyle Phillips? Is he, or is it Calvin Austin? Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin. He's on IR, I believe, at the moment, so I'm yes. not even sure who their third wide receiver is going to be at the moment. Should be increased volume for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. That's good because Deontay Johnson has been very dis- disappointing. More volume for the Fryermuth. Fryermouth as well? Yeah. Well, again, you already start. So here's the thing you're already starting Fryermuth. I feel. Do you feel better about Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, I guess is more what yeah, I was the, getting the, at. Because I was already starting Fryer-Muth. and trio. Just...
1: Like, I feel better about them. Um, all three of them. Pickens, uh, Johnson, and Muth.
0: And Najee Harris, the second highest scoring stealer this past week, believe it or not, although he still didn't score 12 fantasy points just under that, 11.96. Um, this is very disappointing and frustrating. Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah. 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 Like I said, in the league that I had drafted him, I'm now starting DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, and Kenneth Walker as my running backs instead of Najee Harris. So thank God I I you know grabbed Travis Etienne and picked up Kenneth Walker, so, cause otherwise uh, be Kenneth look be Miller. looking like my other league
1: Kenneth runner to save the day.
0: Yep. All right, and then we move on to the Patriots at uh, Patriots versus Jets. Patriots smack the Jets down, 22 to 17. The Jets actually had to throw in this game because Brees Hall is gone. Do we think this is going to be a continued pattern? Was this just because they were playing the Patriots and got down? Or, I mean, how are they – do we imagine James Robinson and Michael Carter can do what Brees Hall did and keep them ahead in the run game like that?
1: I'm not sure they think they can, but I imagine that the Jets coaching staff will try that for a while. I mean, I think they threw the ball so much because they were behind. I think they, they know – that they don't want Zach Wilson throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game. That's not their recipe for success. It's about figuring out can Get they, can back they out stay there. ahead of the chains with Robinson and, and with Michael Carter. And that'll probably be their first, you know, crack at it what they try. And then if that
0: doesn't work, then, you know, oh, well, it's probably going to be a long season. Yeah, I just don't think that they can do it. I don't think – I don't think that James Robinson has the explosiveness that Brees Hall has, or Brees Hall was ripping off, you know, 40 and 60-yard touchdown runs like that. And even just some of the, you know, just some of the 10, 12-yard runs that you break off during the course of the game, it might not seem like much, but, like, that's, an exp- that's a first down right there by itself. That keeps the offense on the field and keeps the clock moving and restarts a drive, and it can just come out of nowhere. So, like, if you're running on all three downs, you know you have a guy who could potentially break that off. and makes it easier to run on third and six, knowing that that guy could get 10 yards, versus you have third and six with James Robinson, and you go and you look at his runs, and it's like, this guy has not had a, you know, a rush greater than, you know, eight yards in, like, you know, the past four games. And you're like, what do we do with him? I, that stat, I don't, that was a made-up stat off the top of my head. It was just an example. Don't quote me. On that that's not a real statistic for James Robinson. I'm just giving as a per exa- or for example, but that's just kind of the way I feel. Where it's like I don't know that they're actually going to be able to do it. So maybe they have to throw more. That being said, the only real you know beneficiary seemed to be uh, Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis didn't play in this game. He was out with an injury. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Elijah Moore did play in this game, although he was very limited. I think he played, like, 10, 12 snaps, something like that. And Denzel Mims actually showed up in this game on the stat sheet for them. Yeah, it's, it's played late in the game. It's very weird what the Jets are doing where they're going to refuse to use Denzel Mims or Elijah Moore, but they're also not going to trade them and get anything in return for them, which I just don't understand. It oh, seems hostage. like Moore you definitely should have traded before this past deadline because, you, it, like... I probably would have traded him before everything happened publicly, because he would have been at his highest value. And then you kind of wait, and it just seems like stubbornness, and it's like, well, you know, maybe they didn't realize, and it's like, but like the same situation kind of played out with Denzel Mims, and maybe Elijah Moore's looking, and he's like, I I don't want to be like Denzel Mims, where I'm... Buried on this depth chart behind Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios for the next you know four years until my contract is up, then hope that another team wants to bring me on and I can have a one-year prove-it deal where I actually have a chance to beat to prove it. And I'm not signing a one-year prove-it deal and being a third wide receiver on the op- on you know, in an offense, which is like happened to a lot of guys, mm-hmm. and so you know like DJ Chark signed his one-year prove a deal with the Lions. He's behind Amon Ross St. Brown and, you know, Jameson Williams and he comes back, and he's probably behind Josh Reynolds as well, and he's definitely behind TJ Hawkinson when he was there. You know, like he signed on as like the third option. And it's like, how are you going to prove anything being the third option there? And it's Nothing like, you been, know. Not much there to prove. Maybe sometimes. Uh, so that's why I just think it would have been better for Elijah. I think they could have got more for Elijah Moore, and it would have been better for him if they had moved in prior to anything becoming public. And Denzel Mims is just. Yeah, but Corey Davis, it, like you said, I think I want to give it another week to see how this offense unfolds, and it's another week of like, hey, they clearly can't maintain this offense, trying to run it with, you know, James Robinson and Michael Carter, and they're going to have to throw it, then it looks like, you know, uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? I literally just said Garrett Wilson is going to be the the pass catcher I'd be starting out of the yeah, offense, and maybe Corey Davis when he's out. back. Yeah. Tyler Conklin is an up is a very up and down tight end play as well. Again, you could do worse. You could also do better and more consistent. He had you know just under twenty six fantasy points this last week, and then I think the week before that he had a donut or close to it. Yeah, so
1: it happens, but it's like he either boom or bust. So you know, sometimes you're not going to find anything better on the waiver wire.
0: No. And then the Vikings we talked about earlier, they had a decent week. They've acquired T.J. Hawkinson. Do we just? I don't know that it I don't think again, I don't know that it brings anybody down. I think he's just gonna take over Earth Smith's role and just be more effective in the Earth Smith role. So I'm not decreasing Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen or Dalvin Cook or anything like that. Still, you know, Jefferson's still top, you know, f- five to ten wide receiver. Dalvin Cook, you're still starting him at running back. TJ Hawkinson, you're gonna start at tight end. Adam Thielen's a flex play. Flip side of that, uh, the Cardinals, they beat them thirty four to twenty six. Starting DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray is still a QB start, and as long as Marquise Brown is out, it looks like Rondell Moore is good to go as the wide receiver, too, there. Yeah, it's a consistent cool. role. They just need to keep him on the outside, or I'm sorry, not on the on, in the slot. they got to not move him to the outside, and that's essentially what they've done the past two weeks is he did play some on the outside, but he, they rotated him into the slot a lot more where he was more effective. So basically what was happening is that He's playing on two wide receiver sets, so he's out there on the outside. But when they do go three wide receiver sets, he moves into the slot. Whereas before, in the games, you know, where Marquise Brown was out and we were expecting more from him, they were playing him on the outside as opposed to in the slot all the time. So that, you know, it just isn't the ideal role for him. So as long as they continue to that, you can, you know, roll him out there It's a high upside flex play. You know, Benjamin was disappointing. You know, James Conner coming back. I, I want to kind of stay away from that running back situation at the moment. And then Zach Ertz, thirteen and a half fantasy points, good to go solid rolling forward again, with him.
1: Yeah, solid again for Ertz. So,
0: and then I think the final game we're going to get to in this episode is going to be the Falcons versus the Panthers. So, <sighs> Falcons, man, I'm just so disappointing. It's just from what Drake London did at the start of the season, what everyone was hoping from Kyle Pitts, to how that offense is performing, the fact that it's working. And I know you know everyone wants to say that DJ Moore cost them this game. I mean, you know, first off, that's a stupid penalty. And how many times does that penalty not get called?
1: So, Just disappointed. I saw someone posted that he was technically. Out of the back of the end zone when he took his helmet off. He was on the white, so it shouldn't have been a
0: penalty. because it's not on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. So, just to clarify for everybody, DJ Moore at the end of the Panthers-Falcons game caught a long touchdown pass, essentially a Hail Mary, Hail Mary. touchdown pass, to tie the game up. And now they just needed to kick the extra point to take the lead and win the game with, you know, no time or, no time 12, or seconds. 12 seconds yeah. left on the clock. He goes and he essentially takes his helmet off to celebrate. If you take your helmet off in the field of play, it is a penalty. If you are off of the field, it is not a penalty. So player, safety, health, whatever, you can't take your helmet off while you're on the field because now your head is exposed potentially being damaged by somebody. So they penalized him for it. The Panthers miss the extra kick because it's a 15-yard penalty, so it's further back. They go into overtime, though. Panthers have a chance to make a field goal. To win. To win. The field goal was the distance that an extra point kick would have been, and the kicker still missed it. So, you know, let's not just assume that the extra point would have been a given because he had a chance to do it with a field goal, and he couldn't do that. So they end up losing in overtime to the Falcons, which is annoying because that means the Falcons strategy continues to work. The Falcons are now in first place in the NFC South. Because the Buccaneers lost to the Ravens. This is insane. Whoever won this game was going to be in first place. It was just a matter of whether or not it was going to be a tie between anybody. Falcons are now in sole possession of the first place. All right, so what did Kyle Pitts and Drake London do this past week? Or what did the Falcons do this past week as far as points-wise goes?
1: The Falcons? Yeah. Marcus Mario to 28.42. This is a six-point passing touchdown, so, so. 28. Yeah, 28 and six-point. Uh, passing touchdown. Algier, 17.5. Um, Caleb Huntley, 9.1. Demarius Bird, 15.7. Drake London, 7.1. Kyle Pitts, 19.
0: All right, so a little bit better of a passing game than I thought or remembered because it didn't go to the people we were expecting. I was suspecting that Kyle Pitts had a bigger fantasy game. though. was so many games to, to keep track of, man. Um, But, yeah, so Kyle Pitts had a decent fantasy game. It's funny because I know a lot of people who had benched him at this point for somebody else, so, of course, he then goes off. Drake London is still disappointing. I'm not trusting Damir Bird. And Tyler Algier, he had 17 points this week, but I think before that it was like 11, 12, and then like a bunch of single-digit points. He wasn't terribly efficient. He had 14 carries for 39 yards. He scored, what, two touchdowns?
1: Is that what? Three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown.
0: Okay, so he was involved in the passing game, so that's good for him, but they also don't pass a whole lot so uh again it's i'm benching drake london at this point as much as it pains me with you know how happy i was at the beginning of the season kyle pitts you can you know want to throw him back out there in your tight end spot go for it again if you had somebody better that you were starting feels more consistent go for it but you know i don't know many people that have somebody better that are a better option than kyle pitts on a week-to-week basis, and Tyler Algier is like a risky flex player, I guess, if you need a fill-in at running back. I mean, he's got a solid floor of around 10 points with the amount of running that they're going to do every game. It's just the amount of upside is pretty capped, unless he gets involved in the passing game. And that would require them to actually pass the ball. So we'll see. I think they have a couple of tough games coming up. And on the flip side of that, like you said, DJ Moore, 27 fantasy points. So thank God for the quarterback change there. Can roll forward D.J. Moore. P.J. Walker, I'm, um, you know, 18, you can find a better option. 18 and a half in, in
1: the six-point passing touchdowns. I yeah. mean, you definitely find something better. And then... Dante Foreman,
0: 31.8. Big week for the Devontae Foreman starters. Yep. And that was, of course, with Chuba Hubbard, not at 100% out there. He was out. He did not play. He didn't play at all. Yeah. Okay. So... He could come back. It was nice to see Deontay Foreman evolved a bit in the passing game there. Or no, I think he came out on third down still in the passing game. So what was he? His volume in the passing game? One target, no catches. Yeah. Okay. So he still doesn't have that going. So Hubbard comes out. He's still going to be the third down kind of, or not really the third down, but the passing down he kind he of backup. Two guy passes, to running, two uh, running backs, two passes to running backs. Yeah. So hard to gauge, but I wouldn't expect that from Deontay Foreman every week. But again, he's you know. Seems like he's going to be the starter going forward for the Panthers. Just a matter of if you honestly trust this offense continuing going forward. and Again, bye weeks and injuries. He's a low-tier RB2, kind of bye week fill-in running back for me. I would hope you'd have two other RBs sure. I mean, that you could start over. Yeah,
1: you can't expect him to fall in the end zone three times every week. but you know, He seems like he'll have some good volume. He could be a, a nice a nice pickup for a contender in Dynasty League down the stretch run.
0: Alrighty, and so, any final thoughts on any of those games that we had gone through? Anything that we missed? Anything player-wise takeaways? Um,
1: Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think we really mentioned much about the Patriots.
0: Oh yeah, we kind of spent a lot of
1: time on the Jets, but just briefly, just Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a an RB one going forward. Man, he looks very good. Oh yeah, this is good I believe morning. his
0: third week in a row of twenty plus fantasy yeah, just points. Like, phew. And it doesn't seem like Damian Harris is, you know, going to be as involved as he was previously. Like, again, like, you know, he he, he looks like Damian Harris is there just to spell Ramondre Stevenson occasionally on a first or second down and not necessarily have a consistent role. Jacoby Myers, too, continues to be a very solid uh, wide receiver. Yeah, these numbers are correct, I believe. Yeah, Jacoby Myers he did. So Jacoby Myers twenty one fantasy points this past week. You know, Mac Jones was the starter for the entire duration of the game and they won. So that's good for Mac Jones stocks moving forward. Jacoby Myers is wide receiver
1: twenty six right now, having missed two games, but he's he's averaging fifteen point eight points per game.
0: So yeah, he's flirting with, you know, around top like fifteen to eighteen as far as wide receivers go at the moment. Taequann Thornton, a dud game after, you know, an explosive game not too long ago. Again, I'm you can't start him with any consistency. I'm starting Jacoby Myers, Ramondre Stevenson, and I'm passing on the rest of this offense. Yeah, completely agree. All right, so, yep, we missed that earlier. Sorry about that. But other than that, I think that's going to wrap everything up for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs, and we are on, of course, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich out. Peace out.